Hey guys, welcome back to the Fandom Minutes. I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And today, we're talking about our childhood favorite books. So guys, what was your favorite book as a child? I think my favorite series, there's so many books that I, I different series that I've read. Halo is probably one of my favorite series. Uh, I've read a majority of the books. Uh, there's the Ender's series, Ender's Game, Ender's Shadow. I know there's a few that follow that. But my very first book series that I fell in love with was The Incarnations of Immortality. And I'll just, it's its a total of seven books. And it just talks about each incarnation and the humans that are pretty much forced to feel, fill their role. I think a couple of them were coincidence. The one I'm going to talk about, he pretty much put it or caused it to fall on himself. Uh, but, I mean, it follows death, fate, uh, mother or mother nature, Satan, God. And it's, it's, it's really cool. War, time, like all of these are incarnations. And it goes through their stories of, of the first, or well, not the first person, but Basically, all these people, one one way or another, are tied in to, uh, together. Uh, does it all come together like in a book later? Yes, yes, it does. And in the very end, and you start nice. you start to see bits and pieces come together. in Probably, I think the third or fourth book. But uh, the first book, what riding a pale or on a pale horse is what it's called, and it is about how this guy in these books, it's it's a point in the future where technology and magic are combined like there's flying carpets there's gemstones that can bring you wealth or show you who your 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 best love interest is and it's it's just not so this guy his name's zane in the beginning of the book and he's he's just at his wits end he's financially in rut like he just he, he there's no way he can't even afford food for himself and for some reason, the book starts out, he's, he's in the market and he's, he's looking and he, he goes into this gemstone store and the, you know, the guy behind the counter starts talking to him and it's like, oh, well, you know, I have all these stones. It's like, well, I, I'm just looking. He's like, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm broke. I can't even afford any, any of these. The, the guy behind the counter like compliments his looks or something like a fine gentleman like you. And he's like, well, he's like, I don't think anybody would take me right now. And he's like, oh, well, here's the, the love stone. And he's like, if you put it in your hand, I'll let you. I'll let you test it out. You put it in your hand, and it'll tell you. And like, he puts it in his hand. He's like, true love within the hour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice. he's like, I, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. He's like, oh, well, he's like, let me show you this stone. This is the wealth stone. And ah. he put, puts it in his hand, and like, it floats off of his hand. And like, you know, he's got all these questions. He's like, so is it gonna like steal your money? He's like, no, it finds unclaimed wealth. So like it floats off his hand and it it, like crawls underneath this crevice and pulls out like a dime. And uh, he's like, he's like, I told you I can't afford it. He's like, it'll pay for itself. So and I want to say he he held a death stone and it said death within the hour. And he's like, see, I have no reason for any of these stones. He's like, but having these stones can change your life. If you have the death stone. You can avoid it so i mean all it all comes down like he he ends up 
I can't remember. He makes some kind of oh, that's what it was. So he holds the love stone last, and he's like, he's like, and the, I guess the uh, the merchant, he's like, you know, he's kind of saying that he's he's not a very good looking man. He's like, but if you will it, I will have your love that's meant for you, and in return, I will give you the wealth stone. So he, you know, they go and find this this beautiful lady, and they she falls off her carpet. And the, the merchant saves her, and you know they're slated for love and all that business. And Zane goes back to his uh, apartment, his slum, which he has an eviction notice on the door, and he's like willing the stone to find money, and it's finding pennies, and it's it's losing its energy. It needs to go back to its stand to recharge. And Damn. he he's he had a gun, and he had been contemplating suicide, just given his situation. And he puts the gun to his head, and he starts pulling the trigger, but as soon as he does, he sees death walk through the door. And, like, he can't stop pulling the trigger, but he moves his arm and shoots death in the face. Fate shows up and starts telling him his role, like, here, put this on. Or she gives him the cloak, and she gives him, like, a wrist, uh, like, a watch. And uh, it has all these, like, I can't recite everything about it, but, like, it has all these different gadgets and stuff and how you can tell where the next soul is that you need to claim. And she's like, if you wear this cloak, it will protect you and you will not be able to die. And he's like, but I just shot this guy in the face. She's like, well, that's because he wasn't covering his face like he should have been. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's, she was like, so basically you're already smarter than your, your successor because he got lazy or whatever excuse she says but it's really cool like basically the line like it it tells you like the path of them learning how to fill their office and that's my favorite book because all of them defy satan but it's been a while since i've I've read them but i think he was the only one to battle satan and and live because like i can't remember what it was but like satan's six hellhounds on him and like he he has his horse and uh, like he his horse changes into different vehicles it could be a car it could be a boat it could fly oh nice nice but mainly it's a horse and the car version of it has the tag has a tag on the front of it that says mortis and that's where i got that from oh it all makes sense now Mm -hmm. and i was sitting i was thinking i was like you know what is my favorite book and then i was like well I always go by Mortis or Spartan, and that's always been a thing. So I guess that that classifies as my favorite book. But it's it's really cool because like he meets a woman, and I can't remember all the details. But basically, Satan is after her soul for one of his plans, and this whole time, you know, Satan's trying to, you know, be the best liar in the world and you can't really ever trust what he's saying and he's trying to trick Zane into doing different things and like in the other books like I think the next one was War and uh, he meets with Zane eventually and all all these different incarnations end up meeting with each other and then further on into the series they're all trying to battle Satan and uh, I can't remember what the outcome was but like, uh, like there's there's a few things where some of them are related in one way or another, but I can't remember how. But yeah, uh, like just talking about it now, I want to re-listen to it again. I've, uh, I've I've read it I read it in high school, and then I downloaded it on or downloaded it on Audible around with, when I first got Audible. And uh, nice. 
yeah, I want to listen to him again now. I think I think you'd like him. It has a lot to do with like with magic and technology combining and uh, like I know you're you're kind of into that kind of stuff of incarnations. Yeah, I was actually gonna say I was like I'm not gonna lie, this book sounds pretty epic. I think you might like it. Like, just give the first one a listen, dude. You're like, I've got the book if you want to borrow it. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I've got Audible and I've got like four extra downloads already that I've built up. So I'll probably just go ahead and get the audio of it. Okay. Just, yeah, just look up On a Pale Horse by Piers Anthony. I've heard of that book before, actually, before you even mentioned that. I was like, I think I, I think I know about that book. I, I didn't know what I'm it was I... about, but I've seen it. I think I've talked to you about it in the past before. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the cover before too online because I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my ghost hunting group is uh, Pale Horse Investigations, mm-hmm. and I, when, while looking up the name and stuff, um, I that book I've ran across that book online. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they're really good. Okay, so now that you've talked about magic and technology, uh, we'll transfer over to my magic and technology book. I, I even remember finding this book. My, my favorite book series. Um, so I'm in, I remember I'm in middle school and I remember, I remember the day that I found it. Um, I don't know why, but I'm in the, uh, in the library in middle school and I'm like looking through the books and I'm looking for something to read. Um, Cause you know, you had to read for class and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I want to read, but I'm looking and I see this one and it's got like a cool font on the side. I'm like, okay. So I pull it off the shelf and it has this really like weird writing on the, on the front of it it's got like mm-hmm. this weird text and i'm like okay and then uh, on the front it says stay back human you don't know what you're messing with and i'm like okay what <laughs> the heck is this and so i was like this looks cool and so i turn it over and i start reading the back and of course if anyone knows what book i'm talking about already from just that description okay, it's artemis yeah. fowl yeah and just seeing that cover like blew me away because I was like, okay, what is this? You know, because yeah. And um, so I turn it over and I start reading about it. And the name is just Artemis Fowl. And I'm like, okay, what is this about? So I started reading the first book and I, I kind of flipped it open. And there's the same language on the front going across the bottom of each single page all the way through the whole book. Nice. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's cool. What, what is like, what? Cause I'd never seen a book like this. I was like, what is this? And so I, I grabbed it, rented it. And I was like, okay, so I, I read it. And it's about this boy genius. And I love the start of it. Cause it starts out with uh, him in a, a counselor's room at his own school. And he's seeing a psychologist, and the psychologist is like trying to assess Artemis, and he's giving him this test. And Artemis is a genius, of course, like extremely high IQ. He's 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 twelve years old, and the psychologist is testing him. And he says, "Okay, well, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that?" And Artemis, of course, is giving him textbook answers for everything because he's already <laughs> has studied psychology. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, so the psychologist, you know, after a few questions, realizes that he's literally just giving him the answer that he wants and just kind of sighs and is like, when are you going to open up to me? And he's like, why would I want to do that? And then pretty much the counselor's like, this is why you don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and stuff like that and then you get into the book and you find out that uh artemis father has been kidnapped he's extremely rich uh like very very rich they have a mansion and his father had been kidnapped and his mother has fallen ill so she's sick and bedridden so it's pretty much just artemis doing whatever he wants around the house uh with his butler um and he has a whole room filled with filled with tvs when i thought this was kind of cool kind of reminded me of like the bat cave yeah i got batman vibes from this he's got a whole room full of tvs and on every TV is a different news channel from a different nation. And he's been searching for his dad. Well, he wants to find his dad and uh, re like get the foul name back up. Because uh, without his dad, their their money is it's they're still extremely rich, but the mom can't do anything because she's bedridden and the funds are starting to get lower. And so he's like, we need more money. And so he's trying to he starts coming up with a scheme and with him being 12, he still believes in magic. And so he's still young and his butler, of course, is like, OK, whatever. And when he tells him, he's like, we're going to catch us a fairy. And the butler's like, yeah, OK, whatever. And this butler isn't just a normal butler. This butler is like, think Jason Statham style James Bond butler. He's like the comic book. The, the actual comic book Alfred. Nice. Yeah. Pretty much can kill you in a hundred ways with his hand. So, anyways, um, I'll try not to go on too much, but in the first book, um, they set out <laughs> to go find this this book, this fairy, uh, what is called the fairy Bible. And he, he's looked up into all the lore. He's studied all the lore online and all these different religions about fairies and everything. He's gone through all these different lore. And he found that each one always talked about a small book. And so he believes that if he can find the fairies Bible or their rule book, he can find one. And so he travels to another country and ends up finding a drunken fairy that was so weak and he ends up poisoning the fairy and then with a bottle of wine and to get the book from her and she's like well it's not going to do you any good you can't read it and that's when i found out that the words across the bottom were gnomish and that was actually the fairy language and you get to translate all of the fairy language because they have the code at the back nice he tricks the fairy and he's like oh i don't need the trans she's like it's not going to do you any good anyways just look at the book and so uh butler takes pictures of it emails it to himself and then uh he gives the the fairy a a cocktail that will uh not only rid her body of all of the all of the alcohol and stuff it'll also rid the poison of her and he's like but it's gonna have a kick and so as they're walking away this fairy is screaming in pain as all of the alcohol over hundreds of years is leaving her body as she's like screaming in pain and i was like oh my <laughs> and so you find out that he's not the nicest person kind of narcissistic and very uh he, he's very focused on his research and very not very social doesn't really care about a whole lot he cares about butler and his mom but that's about it has no friends doesn't care about anything else uh just very uh it's all about studies with Artemis 
and he ends up catching a fairy and her name is Holly Short. And then what's nice about the Artemis Fowl books is the first chapter is Artemis. The second chapter is Holly from her point of view. And then the third point is Artemis and then Holly and then it blends together and all comes together. Nice. So it goes back and forth. It, it was pretty nice. I, I liked that about it. So anyways, he ends up capturing her. Come to find out in the second chapter, you find out that fairies aren't just like your normal typical fairy. They're actually advanced fairy race. So uh, in this book, the humans and fairies used to live together back in, say, like Egyptian time before that. But because humans were so violent, they ended up driving the fairies underground. And now the fairies have to live underground. And so they only come up every so often to uh, stop different magical things from happening on Earth. Uh, they can wipe people's minds like in Men in Black, and they have advanced technology. Nice. Uh, yeah, and they have invisibility cloaks so that you can't see them. Uh, not not magical invisibility cloaks, but like scientific invisibility cloaks. Uh, so like shimmer and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So really the only magic that they have is magic within themselves. So they they can heal themselves kind of like Deadpool. Nice. Um, but their magic wears out. And so they every so often, this is how Artemis Cotter was because every uh, so many years they have to go and plant an acorn under an oak tree and recite a ritual and that will refill their magic. And if they don't do that, they run out of magic and they can't heal themselves. And so Artemis being Artemis just waited at the oak tree and caught one. And so he held him for ransom and was like, <laughs> you're going to pay me, pay me. I have your fairy and you're going to pay me. And so he gets into a big war with the underground fairies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, by the end of the book, he actually ends up becoming friends with Holly. And what's, what's really cool is, like I said, they're super technically advanced and it's not just fairies. Uh, their scientist is a centaur. There's trolls. They sent in a troll oh, wow. uh, to attack the foul manor to try and get Holly back. She's one of their police officers. And the troll is actually like completely ravaging the whole mansion, destroying everything. Because it's uh, like, think of an like, actual giant troll. There's dwarves and, you know, any magical creature you can think of. But uh, anyways, well, uh, one cool thing that they use to help go and uh, get Holly back was they dropped, I think it was called a time bomb. Is that, is that right, Mikey? Yes. They yep. dropped a time bomb on the mansion and the time bomb circled the whole mansion. And what it does is it uh, freezes time inside the mansion so they could do whatever they wanted inside the mansion, including blowing up the mansion and it wouldn't affect anything else. And none of the other humans would see it. Them doing that actually is what saved Butler's life as well. Because the yeah. troll technically killed him. Yep. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. But anyways, uh, by the end of the book, he ends up returning Holly, uh, learning a little bit about himself, and getting their money, actually. And so he ended up doing that, and they ended up, uh, he ended up going down to underground, going down to the uh, Haven, was the name of the city, and would help out the fairies throughout the second book. Because and uh, the, in the second book, they were able to the fairies helped him find his father. He got his father back, and then it continued on throughout the whole series. Him helping out the fairies, and then uh, the fairies, after a while, ended up healing his mother. They healed his mother, and his mother got better, and everything. And uh, 
long story short, he ended up becoming a better and better person throughout the whole thing. And uh, in one book, they actually had to fight demons. Uh, there was another dimension, and they actually had to fight demons at one point. Huh. Do you have That's anything you want to add about that? You have anything you want to add about that book, Mikey? Because he uh, also read them. I I got really big into those books as well. They were they were really good. Uh, the the whole deciphering the code and all that. I thought that was really cool. It was something that I had never seen from a book before. You know, right. allowing you to kind of get even more immersed into the story and all that. And the the whole like the friendship between him and Butler. Like it was just I don't know, the whole thing was really cool, the whole story. It was so good even my mom read it. Like I got my mom into it as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Nice. All right, Mikey, it is on to your book. What was your favorite book? So it's changed a lot since I was a kid, but it's always been the same kind of premise, same kind of uh, genre. And that's been like the whole adventuring kind of stuff. But the first series that I can ever remember reading was in middle school, and it was called The Three Investigators. Really good book. It's about these three friends that they have like their own little investigation group and they do all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it was like uh, investigating murders or theft or stuff like that. They were just kids, but one of them was a like a rich kid and uh, could afford like he had a car and all this kind of stuff for him. So it's pretty cool. But then also, you know, moving on, I had Harry Potter. I was big, big into that as well. Uh, the Artemis Fowl. But the main one that I might like the book that has become my favorite and like to this day is just my favorite book of all time is ready player one nice now if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what ready player one is <laughs> uh it was book made in 2011 i believe science fiction of course but basically it's it's set in a dystopian future i believe it's like 2045 but it follows a kid by the name of wade watts and he points out that his parents named him that because they were huge fans of superheroes. And it's a very common thing to name your, you know, or to name your characters in comics with double letters, you know, starting the same. So like mm -hmm. Wade Wilson, mm -hmm. Peter Parker, stuff like that. <clears throat> so that's the first little Easter egg that pops into the, the storyline. But it basically centers around this kid who lives his life kind of in video games. The world that he lives in is kind of ravaged by like energy crises and global warming and just widespread problems. Um, that sounds familiar. The, the economy is very stagnant. Just, you know, it's just a really terrible place to live. So he retreats to this world called the Oasis, which is like a virtual reality kind of world where you can be anyone you want, be anything you want, do anything you want. And it just lets you escape reality and be a part of something more fun and you know interesting and mm -hmm. it just so happens that everybody does it like the whole world is pretty much involved in this uh anybody nice. who's anybody is in the oasis you know what i mean and you go you get into it with like a, a visor and the, like the the haptic gloves i believe is what they call them and all of that but where the story really picks up is the creator uh of of the oasis a guy by the name of halliday he himself was kind of an eccentric guy, lived kind of his own in his own world, even before the Oasis. And he was very like 
introverted. He was kind of weird, kind of strange. Um, wasn't really good with people. So he created this world where he could interact with people. And in the story, he basically passes on and leaves an Easter egg in his in his world. Um, and whoever finds it gets to basically inherit his entire like state, everything he owned. Oh um, and he leaves all these clues in the game, including himself as a more like an NPC kind of thing. But my favorite part about it is it's a kid who is trying to through doing all this, he's learning about himself and figuring out who he's going to be going to become and has to come to terms with, you know, sometimes you have to live in the real world, even though we don't want to. But the way it ends up going is that he basically ends up being the one to find the clues. There's an evil corporation that comes after him, you know, and he recruits these friends, friends of his, um, and they're people that he's made through the Oasis. And I just, I, I connect with the kid a lot because mm-hmm. I myself kind of like to live in video games. I like to live in my own little world. You know, it's just this whole multiverse of everything. There's so many Easter eggs, you know, the the DeLorean from Back to the Future mm-hmm. appears in it and awesome. um, King Kong and Iron Giant and, and all these larger than life characters. Uh, there's It talks about superheroes in it. It talks about video game characters. It's just this whole, you know, expanded world of Easter eggs. And it's, I don't know, it just kind of talks to me. Like it, it just, it's just me is what this is what this book is literally. Right, right. And I think that's why I was drawn to it so much. They did eventually make a movie of it, which was really good. I still like the book better, but they did make the movie. But yeah, the, the, the book itself, it's just a, for me, a very well-written book. It covers everything that I enjoy and i i'm one of those guys that when i'm watching movies i'm like you know tell telling you what's going on I'm like oh man so this is this that's that mm-hmm. and i'm always finding easter eggs right, right. it's like oh you know this and that and especially with like comics like comic movies i'm like oh dude in the comics you know this happened that happened and in this this book that's kind of how the world is and it's kind of how this kid has to be while he's looking for right. these clues that this creator left behind uh, he, you know, he's he's doing research by watching old movies and reading old books and watching or playing old video games and stuff like that to find clues. And it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always been big into like scavenger hunts and stuff like that. Right. And essentially, that's what this is. The fact that it gets so much traction with the whole world and you get everybody in there and they're all looking for these Easter eggs and these these keys. It's just a really enthralling story. And it really gets you roped in and really gets you like pumped for what's coming. It's got it's got its sad parts. You know, it's got it's got everything you'd expect from any other any other book, but there's a lot in this book, particularly that just like it gets me. Like I I just understand it all. Some of my favorite like facts about the, the book are that the main character is actually from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he lives in what's called the stacks, which is a bunch of like more or less like mobile homes stacked on top of each other. But uh-huh. he's in a surrounding uh, what's like metrop- uh, metropolitan area of Oklahoma City, basically. Oh, nice. And so like, you know, he's from the same from same same state. He enjoys the same kind of the same entertainment, you know, the same video games yeah. and movies and all that. 
It's just so cool. The book is very good about, it kind of covers all the bases and it's, it's got a lot of like inclusion and stuff like that as well, you know? And I remember having friends online that, you know, you never know what they look like. You never know what they really sound like. They're just people you play with, you know? And on yeah. here, it's kind of the same thing with him. Like he gets a friend who is like his best friend on there. And she turns out to be a, a woman. And he, you know, this whole time he thought it was a, a, a guy. And so he's able to talk to her and stuff and, and be friends. And it's all because he didn't really know, you know? So right. I just like the way they handle all the stuff in it. I, I like the the creation of the story. I like the the bad guys that are involved. I like the the setup of characters and just going through and reading something and seeing, you know, oh hey, that's an Easter egg for this. It's just so cool. Um, I, honestly, I don't know if there'll ever be another book that will top this one for me. Like I said, I love reading. I've read a lot of books in my life, but this has by far been my favorite of all time. Yeah, I remember nice. you, you talking about it a lot when the movie came out, and I I had downloaded it on Audible. Yeah, and uh, I really liked it. Like, I mean, it was it was different than the movie, but in a really really good way. Exactly. Yeah. And the uh, did did you ever did you ever listen to read uh, Ready Player Two? I did, I did, and I I liked it as well. Um, I like I still obviously prefer the first one. Mm -hmm. But the second one, again, was really well made. And I can't wait to see what they do with the movie for that one, because I know there was one in development. Nice. I know they, they changed a few things in the first one. Obviously, it was made by Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers really likes to go all out with their with their like product placement. Yeah. So right. a lot of a lot of the things in it were replaced with, you know, things that they kind of own. But I don't know, the book itself just it, it hit it hit a level in my heart that I don't know that any other book could compare at this point. Nice. That's a good feeling. It is. It really is. They, they actually had a, uh, a fan fiction short story also called uh, Lucero or Lucero. I can't remember how it's pronounced. But they actually later included that into the 2016 limited edition version of the book mm -hmm. uh, because it was so like so well received and it actually became um, like canonical to the Ready Player One universe. Nice. But I think with this this book, I, I think that's why I have such a big draw to like certain games like Fortnite having this multiverse of characters and you could play as anybody you want. Yeah, I never and thought of it like that. that. I, I, I could honestly see someday in the near future us having a form of the oasis, you know, where you can go into a VR world and just right. oh, be, yeah. be whatever you want, you know. <laughs> there's there's stuff the on the Oculus like VR chat you can go in. Yeah, and yeah. everyone has their own avatar. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I found I found a a Kermit one and I walk around talking like this. That's and, great. And yeah, people cool. be like, oh god, the people start oh. laughing. It's, it was just fun. I haven't done it a long time though. So on a pale horse came out in 1983. Mm -hmm. Artemis Fowl came out in 2001, and Ready Player One came out in 2011. And now for honorable mentions. Goosebumps. Yep. That was that was Those a good, good one. So speaking of Goosebumps, um, I don't know if you know this, but my wife wrote to the author about Goosebumps. Arnold Stein, yes. Got, yeah, and got a letter back from him. 
Oh, hell yeah, dude. And she actually has that letter still. Uh, she was talking about, I think, being a writer, and she has a letter from the author of Goosebumps. That's awesome. Right? So uh, I'll go on. I've got a couple of my honorable mentions because uh, there was a couple other ones that I read that uh, really stood out that I can think of. Um, so one of them was called The Doomstone. I remember picking this one up. I wasn't even into horror at this time. But I remember picking this one up and seeing the cover of it, and it just had the skull with, like, melting flesh. And I was like, what is this? And it had Stonehenge in the background. And so by the time I had uh, read Artemis Fowl, I was already into liking mythology and stuff. And even before Artemis Fowl, I liked mythology. And so I was like, oh, it's got Stonehenge in it. I wonder what this is. <laughs> well, the Doomstone... It was really good. Uh, pretty much they started doing excavation work on Stonehenge. The main character was, uh, I think it was a, a boy or a girl. I can't remember which which it was. But either way, it was one of the, it was either boy or girl. They were the child of the main archaeologist on the dig site of Stonehenge. So he had traveled to the dig site to go see his mom. I think it was a guy. Anyways, to go see the mom. And as he's traveling there they get a call and it's like don't come here don't come here there there's been an accident uh it's it's terrible you can't don't don't come here and that's how the book starts out and he's looking out the window you know while he's riding down the road because someone else is driving and he sees this like creature dash across the field and he's like what the hell nice we'll come to find out by yeah and that's how the book starts out and by the time they get to the excavation site at stonehenge um the mom's missing and no one knows what's happened, if I recall correctly. Come to find out, when they started digging on Stonehenge, they found this old tomb, like, underneath Stonehenge. And they released a monster from Stonehenge. And uh, it's called the Doomstone because one of the stones in Stonehenge, when they start studying it, one of the stones uh, they found was called the Doomstone. Mm. And pretty much the whole book is them running from the monster and the monster is pretty much almost immortal like they tried multiple times trying to trying to kill the thing and uh the only way to kill it was using stonehenge and they like actually had to get the stones in a certain spot and the moon had to be in a certain location and everything and uh they finally thought they killed it and i think they do kill kill it but at the very end of the book it like it was like and the narrator's like but then, in the deep, dark depths of the tomb, you could hear the cries of a small infant. Hmm. And it was, it was uh, a, a baby monster, like pretty much it bred it, like it had released a baby right before the end of the book. Wow! So they killed the, yeah. So they killed the main monster, but like the book ends with a cliffhanger where there was going to be another one. That's and cool. It was just called, yeah, and it was just the, called the Doomstone, and. Uh, I actually I went out and bought the book uh, a few years back because I was like just to have it because it was so cool. Another really good book that I liked was it was called Singularity, and this guy uh, did I think a whole series of different books, but I think my favorite one was Singularity. Another one he did I think was like Inside Out. I can't remember the name of the art author, but um, it was called Singularity, and these were just kind of shorter books. But it was about these two brothers, and they get to her house. I think Mikey might have read this one, too. It's two brothers, and they're stuck at this house. And the mom's like, listen, over the summer, I want you to go and watch your uncle's house or whatever. And the two brothers are like, whatever. Like, we hate each other, you know. 
sibling rivalry, you know, all this stuff. And the mom's like, no, just watch over the house. Um, he's going to be gone for the summer on vacation. And I just need you to watch the house. And it's great. It's stocked. You know, you won't need to go out and buy stuff. But here's money anyways, you know. And so they, uh, they go to the house. And nothing really interesting. Just a house. There's a shed in the backyard. And uh, nothing weird. The little brother goes into the shed. Uh, the big brother had locked him in the shed. And for like a couple seconds. And anyways, so while he's looking around the shed, little brother locks him in and he opens it up and the younger brother comes out and he goes, dude, why'd you do that to me? I was in there all night long. Why'd you lock me in there so long? He's like, what are you talking about? I just locked you in there for a couple minutes. And he said, uh, he's like, no, I was in there all night. I was in there for hours. And he's like, no, you were in there for just a couple, couple seconds, I swear. And he like got really pissed at the brother. And that's when they realized that the the shed was like a singularity, kind of like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z. And so they they throw a clock in there and they close the door just enough to where they could see inside and the clock is spinning super fast. (laughs) So they're like freaking out, right? And so they test it some more. They put some food in there. They close the door and open it and it's um, completely just trashed. Uh, They close it again stay closed for the night, open it again, and the whole place is filled with cobwebs from where spiders had gone in and completely filled the whole place with cobwebs because it had been overnight and it had been years inside the place. And so that's when the little brother gets the idea, well, I'm tired of my older brother being older than me and goes and spends the night in there. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, and so the brother goes and spends the night in there and nothing too weird goes on, but he... So he spends a good, I think, two years inside there. Uh, I don't remember what he did for food. I think he brought like, I don't remember. what. Honestly, I can't remember what he did for food. He did something. But uh, anyways, he spends like a good year or so, at least a few months. Like he spent enough time that he was older than his brother. And uh, he spent a long time. It was like half the night or over the night. Oh, that's what he did. He was he spent. Uh, a really long time and he would he would open it up come out get more food and then go back in is what he would do so he would bring like months of supplies uh live in there for a month go out and it would still be the same night get more supplies and come back and so okay okay. yeah so he burned through a bunch of their supplies just living like i think like i think he lived like a year inside the shed well his brother just slept that night (laughs) and yeah, yeah, because he wanted to be older than his brother. And I think he, if I recall quickly, like he had like a beard by the end of it. It was awesome. And uh, well, anyways, while staying in there, he noticed something. He noticed that the sink in there, I think it was the sink. He kept hearing like rumbling sounds from the sink. And so he like got a light and like shined it down. I think it was the sink or the mirror or something to do with the sink. And he could see this giant worm coming. And apparently he figured it out that on the other side of the singularity, like there was a wormhole inside their sink in that shed. And that's what was causing the time dilation. Uh, There was a giant monster worm kind of like in like Star Wars or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, That was coming through to the other dimension into their dimension and was going to pretty much eat the whole shed. Oh, And, And them like pretty much they didn't want it coming to our Earth. And so after he came out, like he came out in a panic and the brother's like, he wakes the brother up and, you know, he's got like a beard and shit. And the brother's like, what have you done? 
<laughs> and he's like, well, at first I just want to be older than you, but we got a problem. And then, you know, that's when the, the book starts getting ramped up and everything, and they have to figure out how they're going to stop the worm from coming through. And pretty much they figure out a way to, like, get it to where when the worm comes through, it eats itself and the shed and creates a, a loop and pretty much dissolves itself into an infinite, like, nothingness. Nice. And yeah, that was that was a really trippy book, but it was a, it's a short book, and it was just I remember that book being so like out there and freaking weird. But yeah, it was called Singularity, and that was that was a really good book. That sounds pretty good. All right, what do you guys got for uh, runners up? Well, uh, I was just gonna say I, I kind of touched on mine a little bit. Uh, you know, Harry Potter was a big one in high school. Read all the books. Not so big, but not big a fan of the movies. <laughs> um, but I would say of the other ones that I did name, you know, aside from comic books, because that's, you know, a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, the thing I read the most before, you know, Ready Player One, uh, before Artemis Fowl, what I read the most would have been the, the three investigators books. And reading those books, I would always sit there and I'm like, man, like this could be me and my friends. Like we could actually be going out right, and doing right. investigations and stuff. and and you know all this and it, it just it felt like you know it felt real it felt like something that i could be doing one of the main characters his name's jupiter uh he's the one that like he's kind of the, the backer for them like when they need to do something he's like hey well here i got a ride for us or hey i got this for us or hey you know so and so nice. can do this mm -hmm. um, and he always reminded me of matt the way that that was gonna say pretty much me right was but then there's also two other characters uh so there's Jupiter is, the, is him, and then there's Bob and Pete. I know very generic names for the other two, but was that was our names. And, and uh, Pete was always my favorite. He always reminded me of me. And so I would read these books all the time, and I was reading like one of them a week. And it goes to the I point see. where our school was actually like, hey, we don't have any more of them. You're going to have to give us some time to order more. And nice. I don't think they ever actually ended up ordering more. So there's like two what? or three books that I didn't get to read that if I had a chance, I would still read them now. Um, get on that. Yeah, it was it was it was one of the first big series that I ever read and it's still up there, even though it's not my absolute favorite anymore. It's still up there. But yeah, and other than that, it would be like the Goosebumps, which were huge. Mm -hmm. um, I used to go to the Scholastic book fairs all the time and get those. But yeah, that's that's really about it, honestly. There was a lot of books I read, but only a handful of them that were very influential in my life. The Goosebumps was a big one, honestly. What do you got? What do you got, Brian? Oh, they're they're the ones, all the ones that I mentioned. Uh, you know, the ha the Halo series uh, would be my second pick, other than the Incarnation uh, Incarnations of Immortality, and uh, then the Ender books by Orson Scott Card. But since like Matthew was talking about horror books and it made me think of two. The first horror book I ever read was the Amityville horror. Oh gosh. I was, nice. I was 12 years old. Like my dad, oh my. Had the, yeah, my dad had the book and he's like, he's like, you want to read this? I, like, I think he was trying to step <laughs> me up. He's like trying to step me up from goosebumps. Cause I love right, goosebumps. Right, right. Like I, I, I don't know how many I had, but I remember I had a ton of them and I had that one where you could choose Yes, let's, let's the adventure ones. But uh, Amityville Horror, I, I know you guys are probably familiar with it, but if you're not, yeah, it's a it's about this house where the DeFeos were the people living in this house, and 
Uh, I think it was his mom, dad, two sisters, and him. I can't remember if he, that there was another brother, but there was it was five people living in the house, and uh, he had two other siblings and his parents. And this guy, like, it was just weird because, like, they were all laying on their bellies in their sleep, and he shot them all, just out of nowhere. And like, eventually, like, he confessed to it, but he didn't know why, and he said he had heard voices. This other, like, it like sits for so many years. This house. And uh, these other people, I mean, it's like basically like a mansion. The size of it's huge. And uh, they get a great deal on it. The Lutzes, what uh, what their last name was. They, they moved it, or supposedly. Supposedly they didn't real, really release the real names. But they come, they move yeah. into this house, and they have a little girl and two boys. And the little girl, uh, you know, gets a, a quote-unquote imaginary friend, a pig, named uh, Lucy, I think it was. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. But I, I can't remember if Lucy's her name or the pig's name. But anyways, like, I guess there was this guy, like, back before, like, Amityville was an actual, actual town. It was a settlement at the time. Was it and Jody? Jody, yes. Jody. Lucy is the girl's name. Jody was the pig's name. And, uh, yeah, like, I guess he was into all this demon ritual stuff and sacrificing and whatnot. And the, this house was built on this that property where he had done all this stuff. And... I guess there's people there that lived for or closer to where the house was built. There was like a secret room underneath the stairs that was like completely red. And they, I guess oh it was like a sacri- sacrificial room. And like this priest, like they, you know, the Lutzes move in. They don't know anything's going on. They just want a priest to come bless the house. And the priest, you know, he comes, blesses the house. And uh, what what happens? He gets up. He's not. He's just going through the yard and kind of just you know doing his stuff. He hears someone say "get out" or "leave" or something like that. Yeah, he says "leave," and he like looks around, you know, thinking he heard somebody. And he gets closer, and then like he he describes it as like a booming voice that says "leave now." And uh, I, I can't remember if he left then or if he went into the house and continued. He goes back to the monastery or whatever, and he becomes sick with the flu, like heavy sickness with the flu. But anyways, long story short, they have all these, you know, crazy happenings in the house, like just outlandish stuff, like flies in the middle of the winter. They see red eyes and, you know, the daughter's like, oh, that's Jody. And she has a rocker in her or a rocking chair in her room that rocks by itself, blah, 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 all that horror stuff movie. They even made a movie or horror movie stuff. And they even made an Amityville movie with Ryan Reynolds in it. Yes. And, uh, so I was, I watched it. It wasn't too bad. I can't remember if there were any other movies about it other than that. So anyways, funny story. You know, I, I am extremely interested in this. And I'm like, well, I can see some of this happening. But a lot of people believe, like, it was real to an extent. And the rest was yeah. exaggerated due to publicity. So anyways, I, I get on Google Earth, Google Maps, and I... I searched the address because they say it over and over and over again. I, t- I told you guys about this. And yeah. uh, I look it up on Google Maps. And you know, I drive a unique type of vehicle. It's a it's an electric hybrid called a Chevy Volt. And they have the house on either side of that street blurred out due to privacy issues. Because, I mean, just the book itself says, I, I swear the book says it at least 50 to 100 times. And so, of course, I, I Google it and I go to Street View and I'm panning around. And there's a red Chevy Volt parked in front of the Amityville Horror House. This is so oh that's really weird. <laughs> so, and uh, another, my last honorable mention was a, a a book called Ship of the Damned. I don't remember much about it. It was shortly after my dad let me read Amityville Horror, and uh, 
basically it's the ship and the government was running experiments on i guess i'll have to listen to it again don't quote me for sure on this but it was some type of teleportation and like based on true stories and like it would work but the crew would be like morphed into the walls Hmm. i'd have to read it again i've I've tried finding it on audible but it's not available on audible but supposedly it was based off of real government experiments and uh yeah it's pretty wild i'll I'll have to look it up see if i can get the book and read it but uh yeah that's that's all i've got I i was i was really big into the horror books for a while uh i mean if you want to call Goosebumps horror books, but it went from Goosebumps yeah, I mean, to Yeah, I mean, they are for kids, so yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright, guys, I think that's all we've got for today. Uh, let us know what your favorite book was. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you for stopping by again. And remember, don't forget to pay your library fees. <laughs>